0: Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Myself, Joe Oberly from Vikings Territory and PurplePTSD.com and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. We're here to review quickly that, uh, I don't know what you call that thing that happened in Chicago. It's more like a preseason game than anything, but uh, the season finale in Chicago. And uh, um, I was down and saw it firsthand, so we can talk about that next segment. But, but Mark... What'd you think of what you saw and the Vikings are done with the regular season, 13 and four, not too bad.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, you know, there's no further injuries. They, you know, they got uh, Kirk, a nice little layup uh, for the first half, um, to kind of he, he and the offense to kind of put that Packers debacle behind them. And, you know, uh, the bears get their number one pick for the first time since 1947. So everyone left happy, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it's uh I think I'd rather be cheering for 13 wins as I w- than the first pick in the draft, but sometimes uh fans are happy with uh with what they get.
0: Oh god, the biggest cheer we heard at uh at uh Soldier Field was when uh and my son were walking out of the game afterwards and see a group of fans huddle all of a sudden they go, Yay! We go, what happened? The Texans win. Yeah, we're number one, we got number one. they are all dancing and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, yeah. everybody was happy at Soldier Field. Yay! We are the
1: absolute worst in the league. Yay!
0: <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, pretty amazing. The place was uh, uh, there's plenty of purple around there, so I didn't didn't feel too out of place. But you know, the Vikings played. You know, what did you think of how KOC handled the 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 wrap uh, or the snaps for players? I mean, he said he was going to uh, do it subtly and and uh, not, you know, not just rust everybody. He played, the, he played the starters for about half the game. He, he rested uh, completely the Smith brothers, Harrison and, and Zadarius, But uh, the rest of the starters pretty much started and played the first half of the game. Kind of, what do you think? They were trying to secure that victory to maybe if there was a chance at the second? Oh, sure.
1: Yeah. Play? I mean, obviously they, um, you know, they, they did it kind of exactly how they, like a lot of things this year that the blueprint, for what they wanted to do is what they ended up doing. They, you know, the guys, the older guys that have the, some nicks and like Zedarius has obviously not been hundred um, percent healthy all year. I would, I would believe he had some personal matter. He had to attend to. There's no reason to play him. Uh, Harrison Smith had something going on. I could tell he was really, really grouchy on Friday. So I, this tells me why, what was going on that he wasn't playing, but um, you know, get him out of there. Um, and then, you know, what you, what you wanted to do was two, two things. You wanted to try and win the game because there's always that possibility that, you know, you don't want to, like, whiff on an opportunity to be the number two seed.
0: Right.
1: And right. so you, you go for that. But also that, that taste out of their mouth from the, that Packers game was a disaster. Right. Um, so, you know, you kind of did both. You were able to get up by 10 points and sit people and, uh, and go on and win. You know, it's, uh, that's exa- I think that's perfectly exactly how they would want it to, to uh, come about.
0: Yeah, it, it did work out. I mean, they, they they played pretty well in the first half. There wasn't uh, – you know, they had some trouble in the – I don't know called call the small red zone or whatever Kirk was calling it afterwards, where we were down there close inside the uh, 10-yard line, which was nice for me because I was sitting in the eighth row right behind the end zone and got to see a lot of sh- uh, plays close up. So that was fun. But, uh, um, you know, Ke- uh, Kevin O'Connell – Kevin O'Connell, I'm sorry – uh KJ Osborne came out looking, uh, smelling like a rose after that game. He had that first long, sixty-six yard pass bomb from Kirk to him. Maybe it's wide open. Kirk stood in there and took a shot, got drilled, and and hit him in stride, and he got knocked down about the four. And then Adam Thielen took it in. But he was the uh, main target. I think he had five targets for one seventeen, and and looked really good. He kind of really is cementing himself to be the. uh Number two uh, wide receiver, don't you think, going forward?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, he's you know a lot. Some of this stuff happens whenever um, Jefferson's taken out of the game, and KJ Osborne has proved proved to be a legitimate third receiver. And now he's going to be the second receiver going forward, in you know next year probably. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was good to see you had an eighth row seat to seeing the Vikings get stoned by a three three win team three times in the red zone, and then not be <laughs> able to kick the field goal. You know, that was, to me, first and goal, first and goal at the six, and he got 50 second, 57 seconds left. Dalvin Cook touches the ball three times. He gains a yard, he loses a yard, and he gets stopped for no gain. So, um, you know, one of the things I wrote about was, I think it's time to get a little more power on the, on, in these short yard. It's not, not the, it's not all Dalvin's fault. I mean, Dalvin's playing behind a third string center, rookie right guard, uh, now Udo at right tackle. But it just seems like Madison gives this this uh, like almost a Marshall Falk uh look to him when he gets in there in these short yardage situations. And I he's the he's the better short yardage guy right now. I, one thing that jumped out at me at this game was hey hey, the next third and one that I try and go up the middle on, it's gotta be number two back there.
0: Uh, I, I, the I got that on our agenda. I saw that last night when I got home from Chicago, I was reading it. And that that was the that was the uh, one of your five points that really jumped out at me. I mean, we've seen a lot of that from uh, Cook this season where he – I mean, I rewatched the first half last night. Sometimes he was getting turned around. I mean, he almost – not that he's pussyfooting up to the line or, you know, going up there slowly, but maybe just juking a little bit to find the right hole or whatever. But, yeah, Madison blasts in there, and he looks much more assertive and aggressive on those things. And so I I thought that was a great point out by you. And, you know, you you should uh, go and quick tell Kevin O'Connell that. So going forward, he'll be the – it's true. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe I'll be. A, you know, I'll I'll handle. I'll, I I want to be a part of the situation. I wanna, I'll be one of the masters, the situational masters.
0: <laughs> you're you're set up for that for sure. We saw a little bit of the two tight ends with uh, the return of Irv Smith to the game alongside uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, not a big sample size, but there was something there. I suppose that's something to give you know the Giants to think about this weekend when the Vikings go into you know, host them to, to, for, for the playoff game. Um, What did you think of that? Did you see anything there? Is it uh is, is that something that that could be work well in their stead with having them both out there at times?
1: Yeah, it can't hurt. I mean, it's, that's not, that's not a um, a thing going forward that you're going to see next year because he not going to be able to afford both of them. Um, and TJ Hawkinson's the better player. So um to be able to get him, you know, for, you know, a lot of things come into kind of fall into place for these guys. So that's, that's another one where you get an Irv Smith, um, you know, pres- presuming that he's, he's healthy because Irv has this tendency. Like we think he's healthy. he think he's healthy. And then we show up and it's, oh yeah, Irv's, uh, Irv's done for the year. Irv's done for 12 weeks or, or Irv's done this or broken that. Um, that's been his biggest problem is that he's just not available. He's a uh, waiting for that breakout, breakout, breakout. Well, the breakout season is not going to happen here. I wouldn't think, um, but uh, to get him and get him going and into the playoffs, I think they threw him a ball in the red zone. Um, yeah. That's uh, if they were to make a run here, you know, Irv's going to catch some balls and uh, and, uh, and be another another person for them to have to, you know, to, to teams to have to worry about. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him, you know, on a, on a, maybe a ball down the field more mm. to kind of put that in there in people's heads. So um, yeah, it's, that's a good thing to have.
0: Is uh, they they were both in the same draft, right? Same draft class, and uh, so they're probably both on the same contract year, rookie contract that they're coming off, and next year they're both going to be able to get a raise if possible.
1: Yeah, I believe so. I think Hawkinson, was being a first round pick had a fifth year option. Um, I, again, I'm not the cap guy, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's Hopkinson is your is your starter going forward, and I don't think you sink especially whenever your the Vikings uh, are most comfortably under the cap, it's a situation where you're probably Irv Smith's gonna have, was gonna go on somewhere else, I would imagine.
0: Well uh for, for the purposes for this season yet for the remainder of it, the wild card game coming Sunday, what, would would you have him out there and use him to help uh with max protection, you know, maybe have two tight ends keep one in to help block over on the right side where Brian O'Neill's on IR for the year and and uh, uh is is that is that worthwhile you think? Well you I think mean? Johnny Munt
1: Johnny Munt is still your blocking yeah. Kind of your blocking tight end. I mean, I think he's better at that than Irv. Uh, you know, Irv can do it certainly. Um, yeah, I mean, it just gives you an gives you more personnel. You know, yeah. and we saw C.J. Ham. I mean, you were there for C.J. Ham catching what about twenty five balls? I think it was. <laughs> he had, yeah. he had was four nice. four catches for C.J. Ham. So, <laughs> uh, you know, more yeah. for people to think about.
0: Almost as much as KJ Osborne. How did you feel the offensive line did, uh, Brad? Uh, and is or looks like we're gonna maybe see Bradbury and Brandle come back this week to help fortify what what they do have them because Slotman and O'Neill are, are done for the year. Like right. the offensive line.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you ever think we? you ever think we would be like uh, people would be like looking forward to no to uh, Bradbury and no. uh, Brandle coming off the. To save the day, coming off of injured reserve, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think you know Bradbury uh, had a better season. Obviously, he's not certainly not Pro Bowl or anything like that, but had a better season. Certainly, the communication between him and Kirk and and you know, we there have been some some bugs that are you know have been needed to be worked out by a guy who doesn't play that position. Uh, so Bradbury gives you that, but you know they're not going to throw bad Bradbury out there if, if his back's not ready. Uh, that would be worse than uh, than having a guy with communication problems. You know, Brandle, um, uh, you know, I, I thought the offensive line played well enough to win that game, but they were playing a terrible team, a terrible team that, frankly, you know, just needed a little bit of a nudge in the one direction. Now, uh, if, if the Bears had, you know, I, another thing I wrote about was uh, that first third day, uh, the Vikings win the coin toss. They defer. Yeah. They defer. Um, you know, they get the guy stopped third and one and then Tonga blows up the inside of the defense and then Hendricks and then Hunter tackle the running back for no gain. It's a three and out and the Vikings go down and score. And that's all they needed. That's all they needed with, with Justin Fields, not playing. Right. All they needed was one little nudge. And they would are going to they were going to fall in the right direction you know, up where no one gets hurt and we all get out of here. So we're not rehabbing for six months. Um but had had it been Justin Fields and Justin Fields would have been running all over the place. Right. You know, they they win maybe they win that game. Uh, they don't get their number one pick. You know Justin Fields is on the sideline for a reason for them to lose the game.
0: Right. Maybe even Peterman was playing too well because they yanked him out after a yeah. couple of series and put in some, yeah. some other guy.
1: Joe. Yeah. Joe. You, you play to lose the game sometimes.
0: <laughs> That's what we were seeing. They they just weren't in it. I mean, I turned to uh, my son next to me and some of his friends. They go. Bears are just really not that good or they don't care, do they? And, and yeah, they couldn't agree. I mean, neither did the fans, you know, to be, to be perfectly honest. Uh, um, did you see any, Oh God, I forgot to talk about Duke Shelley. I got to mention Duke Shelley going back for the revenge game in Chicago. Uh, he, uh, you know, he, he was kind of making a big deal. But I don't know. Sometimes you pump that up. I can maybe get yourself pumped up, but he was in there late in the game, made the fourth quarter interception and then, and then went and spiked it on their logo, so uh, to, to piss him off on the way out the door. But uh, he must—you uh, you, you, figure—he's saying, uh, "Don't you're not taking me out of this game? I'm playing every every because he was still in. And he's their starting quarterback."
1: Well, yeah. So uh, they're they're down to there's not a lot of bodies there at that position anymore. Um, yeah, you know, I've liked Duke. I I enjoy talking to him. I like um, you know where he came from and how they how they acquired him and um, the fact that he you know. I think he was inactive for ten games or whatever. Where he's kind of came onto the scene. He made it
0: in the Bills game and, and made. Yeah, it. in the Bills
1: game. He make, he makes. You know he 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 helps win that Bills game. I mean, right? He played. I think three snaps in the Bills game, and one of them is is a great play on the tight end for to to reject a touchdown, which would a lot they would have lost the game. Um, so, I just like you know I like whoever you know however they scouted him, whatever they saw in him um, to get him when they got him is a lot better than where they got the second round draft pick. It was a guy that, you know, Andrew Booth should have been the guy doing all this stuff, right. but he had a, had a history of injuries and he fulfilled that history of this year. And so going forward, you know, put put your money on a guy like Duke Shelley who shows up as opposed to a guy that can't stay healthy.
0: Why doesn't, uh, why does he get let go out of Chicago? I mean, I know they're, they're, they're in a rebuild, you know, they like to th- the Vikings who are in a competitive rebuild. I think, you know, they, uh, Chicago's letting go players like uh Quinn Robert Quinn I think his name is they went to Philadelphia and they're they're letting other players go you know defenders before the season so they were they were rebuilding but you know may, I wouldn't think they even knew what they had in show yet before they cast him Saying, now granted he's not he's not the best yeah. quarterback in the league but he he's he's when you look at PFF's numbers at the end he's in the top five which is or maybe top seven for for cornerbacks that's amazing.
1: Well, yeah, he has a smaller sample size, so I'd i looking i i at it, you know what what the other how many snaps the others have played, but um, yeah, I mean he's not like Roquan Smith where they traded or whatever. It's not a, he didn't lose a guy like that, but right. um, you know a lot of that happens a lot. You know you see you know guys at that level, the bottom third of the of the rosters, you know, get turned over and they move around and get put now now that there's basically no rules on practice squad, and you you know. Guys end up on a practice squad, then they go somewhere else. And um, but yeah, that that one thing that made Belichick—I mean, obviously having Brady—but uh, the bottom of his roster was always kind of churning. You know, it was always you know, looking for yeah. something to, you know, to to get guys that you know, not not everyone's a star in this league. So you get those other guys that are fill these roles. And Duke Shelley is one of those guys that they prove that they can go out and find a guy like that. So they they probably need to draft another corner. You know, I would say you got to keep. Keep that position because, you know, uh, uh, Peterson's not going to play forever. Duke Shelley is not. I, I wouldn't want to go 17 games starting with him, um, but he's good to have on your roster. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're probably looking at drafting more corners again this year.
0: You know, Patrick Peterson, I, we came out on Twitter this morning that he, was, he he's really likes around here, wants to make Minnesota his home, sounds like he wants to be back next year. And how can you not bring him back? after what he means to this team not only on the field but I think he's got to be a top top tier uh, locker room guy and and a real leader for your team you know he seems like he's he seems like he's having a blast out there yeah not only is he all of those things but
1: I, I also would trust him I think you know if I if I were the coach or, or if I'm sitting down with him and and I get you know the assurance that he's he's all in and he's, and he's doing it for the right reasons which I'm sure he is um, I would trust him to be ready. I would trust him to know whenever you get to the point where he can't play anymore. Um, So, yeah, I I would definitely, you know, considering what, you know, I think when he came here two years ago, he was caught, I think he cost him $8 million. I think he resigned for $4 million. So he's not a guy that's looking, you know, to leverage you or, or put you in, you know, if they can get him back and it's a, you know, it's a decent price. Yeah, for sure. You bring him back. and, like I said, I, he's a professional. You trust him, you know, to be ready. Um, yeah, you know, it's not. It's less of a risk when you knowing the guy who Patrick Peterson is. It's less of a risk than if you had some guy that you didn't trust and you say, oh, you know, we got it. We're kind of stuck. We need to put him in." But as far as yeah, he has leadership, uh, um, just being that example for guys, uh, he's yeah. as good as they come.
0: What do you think he likes so much about being here? It can't be uh, Ed Donatell's offensive or defensive scheme, <laughs> can it? I, I don't know. Is, is, or is it? Is that the kind of thing that's going to extend his career? I, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he, seemed, he I think he was happy last year with Zimmer as well, but uh, um, I'm not sure his happiness is enough to maybe save Ed Donatell's job. What do you think?
1: Well, you know, these, these guys are professionals. They get paid to play this game. But when you win 13 games, and it's as exciting as it, as it has been, you know this roller coaster. Uh, even though the losses. I mean, they, they, I was talking to O'Connell. And I said, I, "I just, I've never seen a year like this where a team wins at the time it was 12 games, and looked like it's going to be 13 for sure, and that yet you have four, three, you know, three of them for sure games where you're like, holy crap, that that that's like a signature defeat in a losing season. You know, yeah. uh, the Cowboys game, the Packers game, the Eagles." Uh, yep. Especially a second – you know, uh, what happened in that game. Um,
0: Detroit but, you is – I you th-
1: I, think, I think that, you know, that a guy like Peterson enjoys winning. I mean, he came from Arizona. There wasn't a lot of winning going on there. He comes here. Uh, it's it's a year of losing here. And so, yeah, when you start winning these guys, it's fun for these guys.
0: Um, one more question. We're going to take a break here, and I don't think I probably already know the answer. Do you see anybody else on the practice squad that jumped out at you that can maybe – help this team uh, if needed this year or, or going for it next year because they, they brought up a number of names this week you knew they were going to be uh, sitting a lot of starters for sure
1: yeah I mean that vederearian low uh, 63 he, play, he came in and played left tackle for the second half uh, I think that he you know he could be one of those a swing tackle in the future um, but yeah it's, it's hard to tell I mean it's just so hard to tell in a game like that it was it wasn't preseason but it was it wasn't like a regular season, especially the second half was not like a regular season feel to it. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, this, uh, you know, this team could go one and done or it could go, it could go on a run. It could even play in the Super Bowl. We don't know. That's what, that's the thing. It's like if they do go one and done and when you're leaving, if people are leaving the stadium on Sunday, they're all down, you know, there's still a lot good that happened here this year. But also, um, you know, they kind of ran it back from a personnel standpoint you know, to try and win with this coaching staff and not just win one playoff game or or uh, to go to win 13 regular season games. They came back with this staff, you know, with this group to try and win the Super Bowl. So it's going to be a like kind of a weird feeling if it is one and done.
0: Yeah. Speaking of left tackle, I saw uh, a video of, of Daris, uh, uh this morning on Twitter just blowing up a guy, just a two stiff arm shot and just sends the, defensive lineman flint that guy is a nice guy to have on your left flank boy
1: yeah i, I would just uh, if if the only the only drawback is you know boy the, the great left tackles are like kind of there every week you know they're they they do not miss Definitely. time uh he had the concussions uh, that was a, an issue um he's had some ups and downs too i mean it, it, overall yeah yes yeah, that that's a good position not to have to worry about in the draft um but i think the yeah, there are steps that he needs to keep taking because he can get there. Yeah. He can be the best in the league. He's just got to
0: gotta, you know, keep progressing to that point. Speaking of taking steps, we're going to step off for a second here, take a break, and we'll be back to talk about uh, uh, what it's like at Soldier Field, some other Vikings topics. Then later on we'll preview the, the playoffs coming in here. So come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, I had better seats for the game this week than you did. I know that you were at home on your comfy couch watching it and rewind and everything else that you could do. Well, I braved brave the uh, the near sub zero temperatures of Soldier Field in Chicago in January and went down to the game. My son and his friends, who I'm in a fantasy league with, they they got when I told them that I wanted to come see the game, they they worked and got it done. One of them got tickets in the eighth row, you know, and he got them, you know, the, the bears have not been a great team this year. So those, those ticket prices were tanking. We got them in the eighth row for 150 bucks. Talked to a guy in front of me who the day before the game got them for 70. So, you know, they, they, it was uh
1: 150 a piece.
0: Yeah. Jeez. I mean, they They're right down there. I mean, you could, you could, uh, in fact, uh, my friends or my son's friend, was uh who got the tickets he was he, he's a boisterous fan and quite loud and he's got a great loud voice and oh my god he was screaming at kirk cousins the entire game. and they, they came down for first for uh, uh uh madison's first touchdown and and uh and i think his second one and anytime he got close kirk kirk Throw a pick for Jesus, Kirk, and then it was, you know, call Ecclesiastes twenty three. He goes, I know you, I know you've changed the 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 play of that, Colin, and he was so loud. There's no way Kirk didn't hear him or the team. Oh yeah,
1: I, I, I'm glad. I, I I'm sorry I missed all that. That oh, that was. That sounds like wonderful time.
0: <laughs> After a while, did you? Did you, did you
1: that have, that. They, now, every time I've been to a sporting event as a fan in the past uh, thirty years. You don't get out of a stadium without someone dropping a beer and getting some some sort of a splash right. on you. either dunked, don't, you know, soaked, you know, hits the bottom, can't you know, cup hits the bottom, goes everywhere.
0: Yep. Um any That's of that right, Mark. And and, and my, 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 my son and his friends were doing the, the drinking and the spilling. So yeah, I saw it first yeah, yeah, see,
1: it's much better to be the one doing the spilling and it was yeah. you know, hundred years ago. <laughs> Uh, I always enjoyed the t- I always enjoyed the, the parking lot more than I did actually going into the game. Well,
0: those guys they missed they missed the bomb to KG. I, I said I'm going in. I've never seen Soldier Field before. I'm going in, so I went in and took off to the game. But, uh, you know, at, at one point he was so loud. I, I swear, Kirk was out of timeout. They brought him out a water bottle, and then he turned and looked up the stands. I think he was trying to find this this. Guy guy that we were with because he was you know kept calling his name because there's no way he didn't hear him and at one point he started working with the with the signal call and they had some trouble down there with you know they had like three or four false starts and stuff and they had that that episode with the field goal before and so I don't know if he was just trying, I started hitting him with my, my gloves I, I
1: was gonna say Joe there there's your there, you're the 12th man it was your chance I know you, you could you could have they could have done a blindside tackle and you know dropped the guy well, you know, you, know, I, if you're going if if to sit in the stand, you should be like spilling beer and fighting with people. That's that's the NFL way. Let's come I on. Told let's my,
0: I told my son coming down there, if I don't get uh, insulted, because I did wear a Vikings hat. I don't usually do that. I'm a member of the media, you know, I, I but I did wear a hat with a stocking cap over it. So I was relatively on but you knew I was a Vikings supporter and said, if I don't get insulted, I'm going to be disappointed, you know, because I'm going into en- enemy territory. I haven't been there for a long time and uh it was late in the game the, the games over. And the bears the bears didn't want to win they didn't care so they were just welcome there was it was half purple the stadium um and uh this guy turns around and tell me yeah, i used to play soccer or, uh rugby for the city of uh chicago and we talked a little bit about that and then at one point late in the game you know we had a great conversation you know bears when he turns to me so how's it feel to come to a, a championship stadium I said, man, you had to go there. You had to say that, you know, you had to somehow we're having a great conversation. You get a rip in. Then I told him, I said, but you know, I I wanted to be insulted when I got here. So anyway, but it it was fun. It's a great place to watch a game. I was really surprised. Never having been in the stadium before it comes out there. You're close. You're close on the sidelines and in the end zone, it's kind of like Lambeau field that way. And uh, you know, they got their, their, their spaceship, thing. they got dropped down into these old, I grew up watching, seeing this Coliseum, those columns on every week on NFL today and say, Oh, I gotta go to a game there. So this was a bucket list thing for me. And, and it was surprising, a great place, but you know, the McCaskies are going to move them out of town, Mark, they're, they're trying to do what Ziggy did, you know, get all that revenue because the city owns the stadium. And so they own some of the revenue streams. So in a few years, they're moving out to Arlington, and I think they're going to lose something moving out of Soldier Field. Myself, what do you think?
1: I mean, rich people aren't stupid. So they, you know, if, <laughs> if people are willing to give, them, when when people are willing to give them money, they're more than willing to take it. So, yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't happened before. It's never been. I, I've never, I've never heard anybody go on about Soldier Field the way you just did. I the Lambeau Field, I got you know. Soldierfield yeah. always kind of had that feeling of uh, you know, like, okay, yeah.
0: Lamb looks great. It's, yeah. it's
1: it's it's ugly. It's uh and then they, they made it uglier when they renovated it about 20 years ago. Um
0: but now I they're in know. a position where the city will as has offered to pull a billion dollars of renovation just to keep this iconic stadium there down by the lake. You know, it, it is a it is a big thing for them to have them there and and the yeah. these kids, uh, you know, they're just saying no, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna go out where we can build it and build all the hotels and get all the revenue for the parking and the and the this and the that and everything else. You can get kind of like the the plan that Ziggy had to go to Arden Hills before he was convinced to go downtown. So um, I don't know. It, it's 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 a thing. There, there, it's a smaller stadium. There's only sixty thousand, and that's really small by by uh, 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 NFL standards these days. But and I guess the Chicago Fire plays there as a the soccer team. It's a great place, to, I, I would think, to watch soccer. But you know, I just hate to see stuff like that go away. You know, you know, down, you know, uh, a stadium that with that much, that much history. You know, as I was told, uh, uh home of a championship team. So you know,
1: well, if, if the if the Bears get us the new stadium, I think the Vikings, say they should. You know, it's time for a new new Viking stadium, right? <laughs> I mean, it's been it's been almost it's we're coming up on ten years, so. It's got about another 10 more years. And you, you wait. It's going to be, we need, no, my we're going to need a list of things.
0: I think the Vikings or the, the city of Minneapolis and uh, cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul and Minnesota would say bye-bye Vikings if they were, you know, like, going to start. Looking. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. Well, it's true. We'll have three. Now, look, at,
1: look at Atlanta. Look at Atlanta. I covered uh, in 1992. I covered the state of the art. It was the the the, uh, the Georgia Dome or whatever the hell it was. Uh, you know this is the stadium to beat all stadiums and then I, I covered a game in like 24 years later and it was rubble and standing next to the i covered the last year of it first year of the of that dome and then this, the last year of the dome and then a year later i believe i was in there where it was a you know just a it was a, it was a, a wreckage pile next to the to the next new great stadium so uh you know like they they build them every 20 25 years now
0: yeah, I, you know, they're not going to leave them up like in ancient Rome where the columns are still standing and you can go visit where these ancient gladiatorial uh, venues were. They're not like yeah. that. Knock them down and build a new one. Um, got i got to ask you to put on your Hall of Fame uh, uh, voter hat for a little bit here. Jared Allen made the, the list of finalists again for the Hall of Fame. Uh, um, this is two years in a row that he's made this that far, or or is it uh, – Three. Uh, three years in a row. Yeah. Three. So so what are your thoughts? Has he got a better chance this year? I know there's some other, I think DeMarcus Ware, I think is he still on there as another defensive end that, uh, that voters have to think about and, um, uh, does, yeah, does there's, look any better for him?
1: Well, there's three edge rushers. Um, you know, Marcus Ware was in last year. Uh, he, he made the cut from 15 to 10. Jared has yet to make the cut from 15 to 10, which is a, you know, that's a, you know, not to say that it can't happen that he can't get in, but it's it's discouraging that he hasn't made that first cut. Um, and now you have Dwight Freeney coming in as a first year guy. Uh, you know Dwight Freeney was on was first team all uh, all decade in the two thousands. Um, Ware was second team all decade. Uh, Jared didn't make that team in part because a lot of these guys, some of these guys that don't make these all decade teams, they you know, they start in the middle of one decade and they end
0: toward the end of the next decade it's you know, is that one of the different. things you look at i mean is that is that one of the things you that I mean, well, making,
1: uh, it, making all decade teams has had a lot of pull uh, you know defenders who win super bowls uh, you know have has a lot of pull I, I was joking with jared i said jared you just needed but jared you know played with a lot of injuries and there was one injury that jared had in the offseason he he didn't tell the team he he uh Tore his uh, AC joint and his shoulder wakeboarding somewhere in, in the desert, you know. And, uh, didn't tell him about it, came back and had only like 12 sacks that year. I said, Jared, you know, if you would have just laid off the wakeboarding and all this, you know, boar hunting or whatever you were doing and, and come to cut report without injuries, you would have had another 30 sacks and we wouldn't be talking. We wouldn't even need to be talking about this. And how did um, he respond? <laughs> he, you know, he laughed. He was, you know, he, he was always there. I mean, Jared was a guy that didn't you know he came here as a character risk remember it was like that was a risky move by Spielman to trade for him um uh, because he had led the, he had just led the league in sacks in Kansas City uh and being suspended the first two games uh his first game back I think he had two sacks against Bryant McKinney uh that year in 2007 and then the Vikings end up with him in 2008 it was like this is this is a guy who's one step from being you know banned for you know life or whatever right. uh, several years and and uh Played 85 games, I think, for the Vikings. Never oh, missed a game. great
0: team yeah. history.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's a uh, – he's a guy that's right there. he he's gonna, you know, he's one of those that's – that final 15 is not a problem. Uh, it's just there's some guys that uh, – like, like John Lynch is a Hall of Famer now. John Lynch, I think, took him nine years to get in. Uh, Lynn Swan, I think, has the record of some crazy amount of, like, over 20 or something like that, or close to 20. Um, I like Jared's attitude about it. You know, it's he's not going to go to and uh, swear off the Hall of Fame, and if when he does get in, ruin it for himself and his family like to did. Um, you know, he, he's taking the right approach to it. I, I hope right. he gets in. That's uh, there was a stretch there. Here's a ten year stretch where he was the best, and clearly he was better than Ware. He was better than Franey. Um, so yeah, I, he's every, anybody that's in this fifteen. You know they're they're the cream of the crop, and we're looking for a little notch higher than cream of the crop. So hopefully he gets in there.
0: Any cha- any uh, movement on Jim Marshall this year? Will he uh, get a look on the senior committee or or whatever? Well,
1: not, well the senior committee, they you know they they made it a, a, an exception this year uh, where there's three senior candidates. Um, you know they had they had the centennial class, which I think was yeah. probably Jim's Jim's you
0: know last the, best. The,
1: well, I don't know about the last best, but the hope was, you know, that the centennial class would get in a, a person like Jim. Uh, he didn't get in, uh, and then now they had three seniors this year, uh, and he didn't. He didn't make that cut, so um, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, I think that of all the former Vikings, because now when when someone gets in, then it becomes, oh, well, what about this guy, this guy, and this guy who the Vikings What Well, to, uh, uh, Terrell Davis, when he got in, it was, hey, what about? Chuck Foreman. I've heard a lot of Chuck Foreman. I've heard a lot of, you know, Matt Blair. I've heard a lot of different names, but I still think that the one guy that would be an oversight that you'd want to correct if you're a Vikings, uh, you're a Vikings fan, it would be Jim Marshall. You know, Jim Marshall is the fabric of this team, and um, there is no probably no Bud Grant or that 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 great the greatness of those teams in the first eleven years of the Super Bowl without uh, Tinglehoff Marshall. Uh, yeah. those leaders like that plus you know great player as well
0: it will be nice to see him get in somehow while bud is still around to, to see it happen because you know bud bud uh sings his praises every chance as he gets
1: or or jim
0: you know Our there's jim. a lot of guys,
1: there's a lot of guys that they're they're not not a lot but there's numerous guys that have gone in that you know, they didn't, get to, they didn't get to experience it in their
0: lifetime. So, does so anybody go and, and, and speak on his behalf at, at, at this ledge state, or is that just something that his name appears in either vote form or you don't?
1: Well, his name doesn't appear anywhere now. mean, yeah. that's okay. uh, the, the, um, the senior, once you played 20, once you've been out of the league 25 years, like Albert Lewis is a good example right now. Clay Matthews last year was a good example. You know, that was their last year, 25 years. And then you go to the senior category. And the senior category gets that gets uh scrutinized by a, a, a subcommittee who also had like uh, you know, that meets with with peers of the hall those hall of those hall of famers like you know I think Carl Eller, those guys have served on these these uh committees that, that choose the one or two or now three candidates for us to all for the full uh, committee to vote on so uh, that's where Jim gets discussed now you know that's uh uh, you know, every year when they're looking at guys who are a pool of people that have been retired longer than 25 years, right. and he's been in that, been in that for a long time now. So okay. uh, that's where he gets discussed now. Yeah, obviously, you know, you, you know, being from Minnesota, I'll I'll talk to the senior committee guys or, or mention, the you know, how's it look for Jim or, or, um, you know, there's been different, uh, the Vikings have asked about the process before and I've, I've always you know, said that they're, they best, most believable and most, uh, the weight, the voice that carries the most weight is bud, is bud, uh, but grant. So, you know, bud should be the guy that, yeah, you know, that does that, you know, I, it, as a, as a selector, it's kind of, you get, you do get calls, I'm not saying it, it helps one way or the other, but you know, you'll be sitting there around this time of year. And, you know, um, a few years back, it was, you know, uh, Hey, this is Dan Rooney from the, <laughs> from the Steelers. And Hey, Dan, how you doing? It's a, Hmm. Uh they're they're calling to you know to pump their guys and uh, right so yeah it's to me if you're if if it's gonna have any weight it would you know Bud Grant would be the guy to explain
0: yeah
1: because uh, it's you know they can't go back and replay anything their right. careers you know Jim's career has been over since 1979 um, so and he, if he hadn't been in a plane crash in 1980 he probably would have come back and played in 1980 so wow uh, talk, most fascinating thing talking to Jim about was about him in this homemade aircraft that he built and it catches the lights at uh, someplace in Bloomington and he ends up on the ground and, and, you know, just about should have killed himself, uh, but, you know, survived it. But he obviously didn't, because he was going to come back and play in
0: 1980. Hell, that's just like getting in. Uh, that's just like uh, the locker room on Monday morning. You feel like you're in a car accident all the time, they say. So, yeah dropping out of an ultralight and onto the ground. What are you going to say? One more question. There was another award given out this week out at uh, TCO performance center, the good guy award, Corey Stringer, good guy award for the uh, best interviewee cooperative with, with the media, always stand up guy. And uh, a couple things. I went to Patrick Peterson. We kind of talked about him, but I noticed in a photo that was published with you guys that you guys got the plaque up on the wall and you got the list of names of former winners and i got to say, just maybe to float my bullets up a little bit this week, I, I, I was happy to see that because a number of years ago when I was still in the locker room, I, I was talking with you and some other guys, and I threw that idea out to, to the rest of me and maybe they should get that up on the wall so then the other players can see it and aspire to be something like that. So it was nice to see that it, it finally happened. And, well, and,
1: we'll, we'll, give you like, we'll give you half an assist because it's not in the locker room. It's in the media room. So most of the players, most of the players will never make their way to that. So yeah,
0: I, I find right. that I, as well. But it was yeah, I'll take a half assist. But
1: not not that it would change because you can't legislate. The guy's a the guy's a jerk. He's a jerk, you know. So you, you can't you, you try to put rules in place to make a guy talk. But if he's he's a certain his personality is a certain way, it's he's not worth talking to anyways. Uh, so yeah, but that'd be kind of cool to see it in the locker room. I we certainly got enough wall space in there. Uh, but no, Patrick. P- Peterson, he's a, i always said i wouldn't vote for a guy who's has a designated weekly um time to speak you know like a podium speak um but he's a guy that's you know he, he, even outside of that weekly first of all he does a weekly thing uh he tr- you know as i'm sure uh, fans you know watching these things can can attest to is he he tries to answer these questions he's very patient he's very professional he's uh, very thoughtful in his answers. He's not just, he's not going to do a Stefan Diggs interview and that would just make gibberish and not make any sense and stuff like that. You know, and on top of that, he's available, like, outside of that Thursday period where you, where he does the group interview. Uh, and anytime you make a request of him, uh, like, Hey, I'm doing a story on this or this uh, can, does he have some time? He always, he always has time. So uh, he was, yeah he was one on my list. Uh, I think, my other two, we had to vote for three. I Jordan uh, Jordan Hicks, I thought, was a guy that just was always available in the locker room, and KJ Osborne, I thought, was uh, is another guy that's you know very respectful, very you know uh, when you ask anything of him, he, you know he's right there. He's uh, so this is overall a, pr- a really good locker room, um, but still, the majority of players when it's the media period in the locker room. People think that we're all we're in there and we, it's just everybody's sitting at their locker waiting for us they're not mm. i mean as you know um it can be a ghost town in there especially after a loss or yeah um so they have, have a ride yeah so and they also have like schedule you know, at that time they're most of them are eating or like when we're heading to the locker room most of them are heading the other way because right. you know they're going to eat or you know it's well, it's not ideal but um so it's good to it's good to honor a guy like uh like patrick peterson who's um, gives back to the media and it's not, he's not given to us. He's given to the fans. Right. Uh, one thing I think that gets lost in fans when they're, when we're talking about like, well, you know, this, we want this player to talk, we want that. And then they say, ah, you know, you don't need to talk to him. It's like, we're, we're not talking to him for ourselves. We're trying to write stories that, you know, it, it, you know fans get to enjoy. So uh, it's good to have a guy like Patrick Peterson in the locker room for a lot of reasons. Uh, one of one of which is for us with the media.
0: Well, you know, whatever iteration it ended up being, I just wanted to give a shout out to you and, and, and Ben Gessling, who I think really ran with the idea when it first came about. And it, it's up there somehow if it, uh, you know, may, maybe they'll get it to the locker room someday. I was just happy to see that that, that it happened. I I, uh, I think it's a great, it, it probably helps the, the the media and their relationship with the players that, you know, that, you know, media cares about this and, and it's, it can be tough in there sometimes. There's no two ways about it between uh, the media. I've I've certainly, I've certainly got the Heisman from, <laughs> from a few people I've been trying to interview in there. So, so it's nice to see. And it's great to have guys like Patrick Peterson doing it. So hats off to, to you guys for getting it done. Um, uh, so let's we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the uh, Vikings are in a, a wild card playoff game hosting it for the first time in a long time, and, and they haven't won one for a long time either. So we'll come back and we'll talk about that and prediction segment and what's left on uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown. Come on back. All right, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, I, I, there was another big game on Sunday, at least as far as playoffs concerned you know the Lions Packers game was something else on Sunday night and uh, the first thing that I want to say about that before we go any further about talking about it is I didn't see anybody slipping around on the field at Lambeau Stadium who they must have they must have got the memo from their training guide to wear the right cleats what the heck but anyway uh the Lions! Oh my God! I'll, I'll never not! I'll never call them the Lowly Lions again! And and rip on them for! Oh, it's the Lions! Oh, Detroit's going to Detroit! That was as impressive as a performance for a team that had nothing to play for but pride. They, you know, they went in. I'm sure they were more relaxed. You know, they had nothing to lose, or nothing to gain, and and nothing to lose. But but other than you know to beat the Packers, and it was the greatest quote from. Uh, from Dan Campbell, a head coach who said, who said uh his motivation here, he says, well, I told the guys that we are, going to not get in or they're not going to, you know, or, you know, so if they, if they can't get in, well, then the Packers aren't going to make sure they don't what that's, that's a guy who's got his team. Cause they came out and they, they, they didn't play the greatest game ever, but they did everything to win that game and it was glorious to watch.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they make the Hawkinson trade when they're one and six.
0: Right. You know, and
1: you're thinking same old lines. They're going to be looking for a coach. Um, you know, the hard knocks thing was, was at that time was like, well, you know, they he beat the crap out of his team. He lost his team. Then he goes seven and two. Um, you know, comes within four points of, I think, the I don't know, um, Seattle, if Seattle loses that game, then you know, it's the Lions going into, into the to the playoffs and they and, and right you're right the NFL should have had these teams play at the same time it's not yeah. not right but yeah but whatever I mean to to have that to be at Lambeau field and to step up and do that you know I I you know whenever I was writing about how the, the Vikings needed to, to step on the Packers and be done with them you know I was assuming the Lions you know that they beat the Lions uh possibly come back here and you know the Packers will be rolling well this obviously this Packers team is not nearly what I thought it was gonna be. Uh, and the fact that the lions this is, this is huge for their, the development of that organization, that franchise. Um, you know, you see what they, what their number one draft pick, we got glimpses of that twelfth overall pick that they got from the Vikings, what he's capable of, man, that that guy might be the fastest guy in the league. Um, you know, and you have that and for, for them to answer that call. And another thing is, is Jared golf. Jared golf was just a throw in with that Stafford trade, you know, right. Just kind of a you know placeholder until they could, you know, find something better. Well, I think that he's he's shown he's he's more than that, and uh, you know, I there's no reason to think he wouldn't be their quarterback going forward.
0: Right. Um,
1: so you, you get nine wins in Detroit, and there's something going on there. And I think they this get division, six,
0: they got the sixth overall pick in the draft. Yeah.
1: Right. So this is. Um, this division, you know, it's it's kind of fun to watch because you know the Vikings have made their turnaround. Hopefully it's not just a one year turnaround because yep. they, they will not look the same next year as they look now. Um, but you got the you know the, the Bears. I, I saw somewhere where now all oh, the Bears, um Fields and draft uh, Bryce Young, number one overall. I don't like that because you know Fields is a guy I think that's gonna be something special. And uh, you trade invest
0: birthday, mark. I I think gonna trade and get, I mean, it's like I saw this quote from the Tex fans saying now we have to trade two first round picks and a third just to get to move up one spot to get the quarterback. Yeah, I mean I, yeah, I don't I don't know
1: what how the draft is gonna shake out, but you know, don't I, I would think you do not take a quarterback there, but I'm just saying that now you have the Bears with Justin Fields and then a number one pick however they decide to use that. Um you, you know the the Packers are you know, I, I don't believe for a minute that Rogers is not coming back. Yeah. So the Packers are not going to totally disappear uh, and, and Actually, then the you know, Lions. there. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a really, uh, I think, a top to bottom division as opposed to it. It's been a two team division for so right. long, right. either Vikings, either Vikings, uh, Packers or Packers Bears. Yeah. And then it's a, the other two have always been just crap. So um, it's, it's going to be a fun to watch going forward.
0: I, I just think it's fascinating. I mean, the, the the Bears don't need a quarterback, but they could, like the Vikings did when they traded down one spot with I think it was Cleveland. I don't know when they traded down and, and picked up the uh, the uh, offensive lineman who was here had the pizza place. What was his name?
1: Uh, uh, Matt Khalil, and, yeah. and they trade yeah, they, they moved
0: yeah. on one spot, swap picks. I mean, if I was the Bears, I'd swap picks with Houston, who needs one, and then offer up the second for another, you know, swap for somebody who you know to, to get, and then, and you're gonna get, you're gonna amass picks, and then, uh, then you can trade him with Quasi because he's he loves trading within the division. So, I don't know. I, they're in a good position. That's got to be I, – I guess you wrote – I saw you wrote in your piece that they haven't had the first overall pick since 1947, the Bears, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I was amazed at
1: that. Uh, uh, there was – then someone – Probably this probably came from TV, where in 1970, uh, a coin flip between the Steelers and the Bears uh, went the Steelers way, and the Steelers picked Terry Bradshaw. So, uh, talk about, like, the history, you know, unfolding after a coin flip. And that that would be uh, that would be one.
0: That's amazing. Um, well, we're heading to the playoffs this week. Uh, there's some, you know, the in- matchups are set, and I'm just curious if there's anything that that sticks out to you as as interesting. I mean, you might have that the matchups in front of you, and, and you know, you don't have to go down the whole thing, but you know, it's what what in the NFC we've got. What have got the uh, number two uh, 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 San Francisco 49ers hosting Seattle and Seattle is familiar with them. So you never know what could happen there. Seattle has, you know, showed some good, you know, getting, getting into that last playoff spot. You've got the Cowboys who kind of looked not didn't look very good last week. I suspect they'll look better this week. Aren't they playing? Who are they? They're playing Tom Brady and the bucks, right?
1: On Monday night. Yeah. In Tampa. So, you yeah. What jumps out in the NFC jumps out to me is, I mean, Pete Carroll uh, and the job that Seattle did to get in a playoff. Who would have thought, you know, back in nobody in, like, last year, you know, last year, the Rams did it the way that, that oh, that's going to be the blueprint for people going forward. You know, right. you trade for a quarterback, you give them a bazillion dollars, you win the Super Bowl and you go on your merry way. You got a Super Bowl in the bank. And it doesn't matter that you go five and whatever this year. Right. Uh the, the you know Denver was all in. Denver had the defense to do it. All they needed was a new coach that's offensive minded and Russell Wilson. And the you know Seattle was going to fall apart. Russell Wilson was going to go to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. Well, the complete opposite happens. Hackett gets fired. Wilson looks like he's uh you know he's a, it was a disastrous year and they're talking about when can we get out of the Wilson's contract. Right. And uh, and meanwhile quietly you know, here's Pete Carroll and Geno Smith pecking along, and they get in the playoffs. Now, I think they're going to get waxed. I think, yeah. I think the 49ers' defense is, is so the, – they've won 10 in a row. The 49ers have won 10 in a row. Uh, it, obviously, the quarterback has won – the rookie quarterback, seventh-round pick, last pick in the draft, has won five of those, but he's on a team that's on a roll. Right. I don't think Seattle – I think Seattle gets you know, handled and disposed of quickly. Uh, and as far as, you know, you, you want to think that Tom Brady is going to be, uh, is going to come out on top on Monday night football, you know, at home, but man, I, that, that Cowboys defense, I know they're not as they're not rolling like they were in the first half of the year, but I just, I see the pressure being ramped up and I, I see the Cowboys winning that game, even though it's yeah. in
0: Tampa. I, I would agree as well. I, I wanted to step, take one step back. It's one thing I forgot to bring up you know we've had some, some coaches go down, uh, uh, uh Kingsbury from the Arizona Cardinals was fired on Monday morning, black Monday. But even before that, Lovey Smith got fired. Do you think he got fired because he took that team and won that game for Houston so that they lost the first overall pick? I mean, can you imagine that he probably, the word is everybody saying, oh, he knew he was going to get fired. So why not kick him on the way out, you know, go and win that game. And then, and then, uh, uh, I don't know, and his old team, the
1: Bears. I, it. You know, I, I think he was gone one way or the other. That, that is a. That's probably the the worst franchise in in in, in football right now, for sure. Um, you know, the David Cully hire was strange, and then Lovey, at his age, was strange, and um, you know, these guys were set up to fail. I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> you know, one, one, the one and dones are are. Uh, I think, I you know, think, but I don't know who, you know. Who's going to take that job right now? That that that's another right. problem that they ran into. Lovey Smith got that job, probably in a large part because who wanted it? Who wanted to be a part of all that with what what was going on with Deshaun Watson and um, just right. the, you know the, what they've what they've had going on for you know here in recent history and um, so yeah, it's it wasn't a great hire to begin with. They got out of it after a year. I'm curious to know who who wants that job now.
0: I, right. Well, yeah, it's interesting. Quickly, uh, the Bengals-Bills game, any ramifications of there? I mean, as far as the the way the NFL is trying to figure out what to do if those two guys meet, I mean, what do you think about that? You know, I I think they'd have to go to a neutral site or whatever if the Bills and and, uh, Chiefs uh, would end up playing in the NFC Championship, AFC Championship or something like that. Yeah. First thing I thought of
1: was it'll end up here. You know that, I mean (laughs) – the AFC Championship game will be in in Minneapolis. If,
0: if the NFC Championship game, is we out, might are, so the, the the stadium might be in use. All right, settle down. Maybe, maybe it'll be a double header. You
1: could have, you, uh,
0: you could have, you could
1: open up with the Bills Chiefs, and then have the night game be and the Star Tribune will make
0: you cover them both. How about that? Yeah, that's
1: right. Uh, yeah, I mean they obviously couldn't go back and play that game. There was no there was no window to play that game. Um, so yeah, they're doing the best they can. I you know. I get, I get dizzy reading all the ifs, ands, or buts about right. it. I'm just going to wait till it – if it happens, it happens. But, you know, we're talking about Coach of the Year. I mean, Andy Reid, uh, who's, who's only had one Coach of the Year, is back in 2002. He's been there 10 years now. What he's done for that franchise. Um, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm in the process of voting for all these things now. And it's like you know, no one's talking about Andy Reid. But I'm thinking, you know, Andy Reid is the best coach in the football right now. and you know the Tyree kill thing. Most teams, and I know they have Patrick Mahomes, uh, but you know most teams would have gone backwards with that. I mean, they they went from the number four in scoring. I think the number one in scoring, and uh, just man, what, talk about a guy that you can hire that changes everything. It was Andy yeah. Reid ten years ago for the Chiefs. Seven division championships in a row. They've hosted the the AFC Championship game four times, four years in a row. Amazing. Uh, it's, it's a and it'd probably be five in a row.
0: You know. So. It helps when you got Patrick Mahomes there, but it's still, yeah, but but Travis Kelsey, but yeah, read, but you could it, but so. you could,
1: but you could say yeah, you could say that, but then uh when Patrick Mahomes was, go back and look at what was written about the Chiefs and when they took Patrick Mahomes tenth overall in in 2017 or whatever it was,
0: yep. I mean it was like, well, what are you doing?
1: You got Alex right. Smith. Oh, this is this is a wasted pick. Yeah, uh, yeah, he now, gets shredded for all. that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. You are correct. Well, it's going to be fun with the Bengals, bills and chiefs. It's always going to be fun watching AFC playoffs, but we got a big game here on, on Sunday. The giants rested their players last weekend and, and got beat. Uh, was that by the guy? Who did they get beat by? Was it Washington or Cowboys? Uh, e- the Eagles. Eagles. I'm sorry. One of those AFC teams. And uh, you know, they got a good running game uh, to go against the Vikings. Not so good rush r- run, run defense. Um how do you think the Vikings stack up on this one? Dan can they can they can they take away Daniel Jones underneath passes? Like he I mean he was he had a great game against them last time and, and he, he ran the ball when needed. So they present a good challenge for this Minnesota defense for sure.
1: Well yeah, I mean you could say that the Vikings starters rested in week two, too. And they got beat. Um uh, oh. so I mean, this is how this is how how I used to look at the Vikings defense, and how I look at this Vikings defense. The, the old Vikings defense and at home field, uh, quarterback with, that doesn't have a lot of experience, no playoff experience. Um, yeah, you know, they're going to chew him up. With this defense, the way that they, they play now, I'm like, you know, what's to say he's not going to come? I mean, the last game he, he he had 30 completions, which was a season high for him. He had 334 yards passing, which was like second best for him in in the season Uh, time. And again, we've seen quarterbacks, you know, be able to have big games against the Vikings when, when we wouldn't expect them to, or like Jared Goff coming in here at the U S bank stadium and not getting touched, you know? Uh, uh, So I don't know what to expect. I I, I would, I would expect it's going to be similar to what it, what it was the first time. And the only thing that separated the teams that first time was a, a franchise record 61 yard field goal with no time on the clock. You know, so, you know, this is a game the Vikings should win, but also it's a game where, uh, you know, but when the, when the giants came in here the last time, they averaged six yards a carry their quarterback mm-hmm. who's not, not one of the upper echelon quarterbacks had uh, 334 yards passing. Um, you know, this, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm, I know where I'm leaning because I, I I'm kind of forced into it, at least on, a podcast to make this pick, because I know you're not going to pick the Giants. This could be my last opportunity to uh, to tie you and finish tied. Uh, so this could be a game where they, you know, we're sitting back and going, wow, you know, the defense needs work next year. The scheme needs work. Uh, and Ed, Ed Donatel might not be coming back. And uh, So this is a big game for the defense. I mean, they, they, they've got to uh, step up and play better than they did. Against Daniel Jones and Barkley the first time. I agree. All right. So, are you picking the the Giants? Well, I, I, like I said, I have to because I know yeah. you're not. You're not picking the Giants. Well, no,
0: um, I'm going to pick the team that was going to win, and that that would oh, be the Vikings. Yeah, please I'm, come on. I'm, I I, I if, I've been ahead of you all season for crying out loud. I mean, if the
1: eighty five Bears were, were cloned and brought in here right now, you would take the Vikings.
0: I picked the Bills. And I mistakenly so, I should have picked the Vikings in that Vikings Bills game. But hey, now you, you can't give me too much crap. I did, I did nail the NFC North. I said split with the Packers, split with the Lions, and sweep the Bears, and that happened. And before the season, and you almost got your Packers pick back. Were you were you hoping for it on Sunday night to get the Packers back in the playoffs so they could sweep through and win be well, in the I, Super Bowl? Were you thinking that, Mark? Well, I think if I if
1: I'm a Vikings fan. I would I would have wanted I mean I granted you you want to see the you know the pain of of them over there but yeah, I like the I, I I like the Packers chances of going to San Francisco and and beating the 49ers better than although Seattle like you said is familiar with them in, in the division now that's that's an advantage there but I still would would like to have seen that cuz you know Vikings fans better You know, obviously going to be reading very hard in that first game on Saturday for Seattle to uh, get rid of that Monster it's in San to be Francisco. Nice to get a
0: second game if they win against the Giants. Yeah, yeah. I mean to get a get a, a second game coming in here. I, don't, I, I suppose if if Seattle wins, they would go to Philly, wouldn't they? Because they'd be the right. Sport. Then
1: then you then you then then the Vikings would be playing either Tom Brady or the Cowboys, which would be coming in
0: here. So yeah, I, absolutely. And I, I was thinking that too. That was the only good thing for me if the Packers were going to win. But as it was unfolding, I was just wanted the Lions to lay it to them. What what?
1: Was to, to I, I, I liked it because it was just football for football's sake. It yeah. wasn't football for Wonderful. we're play, like we're playing for a draft pick or we're playing for the playoffs. They were just playing, you know, to 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 beat a rival. And it's that's kind of like it was like an old time feeling to that, uh, you know, just to not want
0: Aaron Rodgers to walk off the field with it with the Aaron Rodgers smug, you know. So I think, I think they they had a, had the coach come in and say you play to eliminate the Packers. No. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, well, we got a lot of football to talk about next week because we got a, you know, the playoffs are starting. It's a great fun time to be, uh, to be watching this league. So uh, come on back when we when we discuss that. Thanks everybody for checking us out. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mike Wolden, behind the scenes producing the whole thing. Thanks, Joe Johnson, for putting us here. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun game on Sunday. So get your get your purple on, purple out, and. See you back here at the Vikings territory breakdown. Until then, thanks everybody. Skull. Skull.